Welcome back to Tornado Talk. It is your co-host Wes Spikerman from Wayne, Pennsylvania. And I am Jacob Belisle from Austin, Texas. And here in the studio with us is... Cameron Hayes from, from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, yeah. Cameron. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really quickly before we get started, just a recap. Uh, we finished Tornado Term. We're back in school. Uh, Jacob is back with us in the studio. Very good. How Hello, was everyone. How was your internship? My internship was great, man. Uh, I worked or I interned for a family friend doctor and they do like drug trials, like clinical drug trials on bipolar and schizophrenic people. So wow. it was, wow. you know, you learn a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So Uncle Cam, I don't know. Have you watched any of the Tornado Talk podcasts? I've watched a couple, watched bits and pieces of a couple. This opening game we like to call Quick Fire. Okay. So we're going to spit some questions at you and then I think these are all... Oh, these are different questions. So we're going to like just spit a question at you like dogs or cats, say, for example, and then you just first thing that comes to your mind, you tell us back. Okay. Okay. All right, Wes, kick it off. All right. Are tomatoes a fruit or a vegetable? Vegetable. Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. Respect. Who's the funniest junior? Mm, Sam Braith. That must hurt. That's got to hurt. I'm not going to lie. I mean, think about bit. Sam. No, Sam's, Sam's pretty stinking funny. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, hardest class at Macaulay? AP Lip, Dr. Latham. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Every language in the world. See, I want to talk to animals. Really? I want to talk to my dog. Okay, but what about like the little tribes of like 10 people that speak a language no one can understand and you can understand it? Like you knew all the ancient languages also. Oh. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, that changes the game. All right. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, vanilla. Mm. <laughs> this one's okay. kind of funny. Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. That was pretty good. I'm impressed. I, I, that was much better than Jacob, mine. do you want to try it? No. I'm. Do you want to try it? No. <laughs> That's why I asked you. <laughs> we embarrass ourselves enough. Already. Ah, that's, that's what I'm saying. All right, favorite Macaulay tradition? Uh, what's that? Pep rally before, but the Macaulay football game. Mm, that's a good one. That's a very good I, one. I like that answer. That was our that was our quick fire game. Okay. You did you did an amazing Uncle Cam. Um, so Thank now, you. you know, this is where we like to we like to get a little to, like get to know you a little bit better. You know, so uh, just starting out like. How'd you get to Macaulay? How, how did that come on the radar for you? So for me, I went to RCA, the Ron Clark Academy back in Atlanta, and a mm-hmm. lot of my friends, Ralston Welch, Mason Calhoun, Elijah, mm-hmm. um, Elijah Sr., all came through RCA and went to Macaulay. So I asked them how their experience was, and they loved it. I applied. I loved touring the campus. My favorite part was the dining hall. I mean, can always go back and get more food. Good, yep, man. Yep. What would you say is the biggest difference between Macaulay and Atlanta? The biggest difference is that the community, it's big if you want it to be big, but you can also make it small, mm-hmm. rather, while Atlanta is just big regardless. Yep, um, yep. I like how close we all are, how you know you can know somebody just by going to the same class or walking the same path with them. How was the adjustment and like what made it easy coming to Macaulay? Because you know, leaving home is never easy for anybody. Yeah, what made it easier for me, it was that I knew I had a support system. That was a very important thing. And then when I went to the dorm the first day in the dorm actually the Sunday after we moved in mm-hmm. we all played basketball I remember we were down in the gym playing basketball it was Harry Henry Absher and um Jack Darby and myself were down playing basketball and we just started a conversation <laughs> yeah and yep. then from there we built different networks of friends and then Presley also makes it much easier because mm-hmm. we're all in this together we're all new borders 
mm-hmm. you have to yeah. figure it out some way yeah. somehow whenever i see you around campus you are always dressed immaculately the Thank best you. dressed person the best dressed person at macaulay every Thank day no you. matter what um how do you like how do you pick your outfits in the morning like wh- when did this start so freshman year, it's a long story. I'll make it short. Okay. Freshman year, I used to iron my clothes every day before I went to bed. So I would pick out an outfit beforehand. But after mm. you figure out, you know, what colors go together, what looks nice together, mm-hmm. you just begin to pick it in the morning. So I just turn on my light in the closet and figure out something. So what piece of clothing do you start with first? Do you start with the shirt, the shoes, the pants? Like where, where do we start? I start with the pants. And then oh. I build to the shirt because I always have a pair of suspenders or a vest that I would like to wear in mind for the day. So whatever suspenders go with the pants, then I build from there. So so what's the deal with the hats? The hats. So I originally started wearing hats. I'm not sure. I hear when I was younger, like three and four, I was loving hats. I have a picture of myself when I was probably about six or seven months in a seersucker suit and hat and a hat. It must have been for Easter Sunday, something like that. But I've always loved hats. So most of my hats that I have now are all gifts. Since people know that I love hats, mm-hmm. they just give me hats. Um, the hat I wore today, my grandfather, I have, it's about a year old. I keep them sacred. It's very important to me to keep those expensive pieces of clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the best way to say it, for me, a hat is like a Gucci belt for somebody else or some supreme item yeah, like yeah. that. And what would you rate Jacob's outfit right now, one through ten? I actually would give it probably a nice ten for casual wear because you see... Oh, there right. you go. The blue, the blue pops out on the white shirt, but he's wearing mostly black and white. Look at the shoes; it goes all together. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Now, what would you rate Wes's? I mean, Wes, same. It goes together. The gray is a nice. Oh, <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Hey, good looking. My guys, if we're tens, then Uncle Cam's got to be like a one hundred <laughs> on this <laughs> thank scale. <you>. For, thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Uncle Cam's not even on this scale. I know, I know he broke this it. Be, this is a beginner scale. Oh yes, if. You want to see Cam's amazing outfit. Mm-hmm. Go to our YouTube, Tornado Talk, and you can see his wonderful outfit. And you can see that he is being way too nice to Wes and I. Go see Cam's outfits. Man, he's, he's well-dressed. He's well-dressed, I'll tell you that. Always well-dressed. So, junior year. Okay. And the rumor has it that junior year is one of the hardest years at Macaulay and kind of in high school. So... How has your junior year been so far? Has it been tough? Has it been pretty easy? Or how would you rank it? I would say junior year post-T-term has been the most difficult portion of the year. Oh. Because T-term, I didn't really have a chance to plan ahead. And I've Mm -hmm. learned, especially with junior year, working ahead of the game helps you out. So I'm a junior. You're a junior. How would you describe our junior class in three words? Ooh, this is difficult. Can I, be, can I say a sentence and lead up to it with a colon and then three following words? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All can, right, all right. Booth's giving us the go-ahead. <laughs> I would say charismatic, diverse, and more than just the racial meaning and the personality yeah, yeah. meaning. Mm-hmm. And very personable. Very, very personable. Those are three great words. That's and I know what those aren't even in Wes's vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. The Westlander has got to stop. The Westlander. All right, Wes, how would you describe the junior class? In I mean, I, I would probably would have, would have used like three-letter words, but. <laughs> I, I Give us an example, Wes. Fun. Good. That's four. See, look. Oh, right. Hey, there you go. <laughs> New record. So, um, if people don't know, Cameron, we, we call him Uncle Cam. Um, or the preacher. Or Preacher Cam. 
And so he is a very religious man. You are. Yes, and sir. so how has Macaulay and your experience in Macaulay allowed you to strengthen um, and like grow your connection to God and in your faith? I will say for borders in particular, mm-hmm. your roommate does matter. Mm. A roommate, not so much a roommate that prays together, will stay together, not that, but a roommate who pushes you in your faith and a roommate who you can talk about those deep questions of faith with whether they believe or whether they do not believe. It's very important. And also reaching out to other teachers that are of faith mm-hmm. and finding a community at Macaulay that, you know, I go to Second Missionary Baptist Church mm-hmm. up the street on 3rd, and I have friends that go there. EJ goes there. Um, Coach Thomas, he attends there. Mm-hmm. So having that community from Macaulay that goes to your church, but also having that community where you can talk with it about somebody, and they are open to you either not believing and having goals to believe mm-hmm. or find out what you believe or believing and then having goals that you want to reach, and they will push you to those goals. They will hold you accountable. So accountability at Macaulay really makes the religious experience worth it. Okay. That's okay. Amazing, yeah. And I guess not everyone shares the same beliefs as you. So how, how would you say you've kind of navigated being surrounded by people who might not share the same beliefs that you do? That's a really good question. Freshman year, freshman year, it's an eye opener for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I learned freshman year that my philosophies, my religious beliefs, uh, my beliefs when it comes to schooling or, you know, different ideas that I have, I can't force them on somebody. Mm -hmm. So I have to just be open to have the conversation. And I go in there with the idea in my head that I'm going to explain what I believe and I'm going to receive. It's a give and receive kind of thing. I can't expect to just give it to you. And then they expect and they want to give me back what they believe. And I turn uh, I turn them down. That's a really mature answer. That speaks a lot about you, Cam. That's that's. Yeah. I'm impressed. Thanks, I'm man. impressed by you, a lot thank of the you. time, all the time, every day. Um, oh, thank you. And so, also because you're so impressive, you are the president of the Black Student Union. Am I correct on that? Yes, sir. Proudly. Proudly. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Um. So, could you tell us a little more about the Black Student Union, or we call it Macaulay, the BSU, just for short? Um. And like. In terms of Macaulay and for black people on campus, like what is that like? So the Black Student Union, we've gone through many different names. We were, when I started as a freshman, AAA, so African American Alliance. Then we became BSU my sophomore year under Mason's uh, leadership. Mm -hmm. But currently BSU is serving as a place where we we explore and we have this thing called Black Joy. It's this new social term that's been coming up over the last decade. And we pretty much have fun as a black community. I said, I believe... Um, our first meeting with our freshmen and our new students, we're not a token club. We are a brotherhood, a community within a community because we understand that the black experience is different, yes, but at these institutions where you're the minority, there will be some commonalities, some similarities mm-hmm. um, that everyone will go through. So we're here to support you in that. You should not feel as if you're alone. If you feel as if you're alone, we're not doing our job. So how how would you say you've been able to stay in touch with kind of your own culture and background while also, you know, obviously navigating campus here? I feel as if a big part of it comes from you being grounded in your family. Mm-hmm. For anybody, I feel as once you leave home, you're bound to change. But you can determine 
how much you change or what you change into. Or you can let people determine that for you. But if you ha- if you're gr- if you're grounded in your family, mm-hmm. and if you stay um, true to your values and your beliefs, you're less likely to change. I made a point. And I tell everybody who wants to be a boarder at any boarding school, get off campus. Campus yeah. is a beautiful place, but you need to be in touch with the real world because you can. I've learned you can live. A, you can be a boarder at Macaulay all four years and never leave campus and have all that you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have food, a place to worship, a place to work out, a place to go have fun. You have a community. You have people that you can talk to 24-7. So that changes your mind. But if you go off campus, you see the real world, and you are forced to deal with real-world issues and the problems that the real world has instead of staying in this, people call it a high heel, mm-hmm. staying off by yourself. And so this year, this past year, has brought up a lot of hard conversations, especially at Macaulay and and especially in the world, and you have been one of those key figures here at Macaulay about having those hard conversations and, like, you know, talking to people and figuring things out. So how have you seen, like, these conversations positively impact um, this campus and what ways do you think Macaulay could still, like, improve in what we're doing here? I feel as if the biggest positive impact is that we're all aware of them now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can't hide it under the rug. Um, The conversations can't be had in a small, quiet room and they never resurface again. I feel as if the positive impact is, especially with Black at Macaulay, black students feel comfortable. They feel confident to go ahead and tell their stories. I feel as if those conversations have been positive where black students are being asked, what do you see? Instead of being told, here are some solutions we have. Mm-hmm. and not being involved in the conversations at all. Yeah. And yeah. one thing that Macaulay can continue to get better on is to listen, but listening time should not be a whole year and a half. Okay. The time for listening, in my opinion, should probably be six to seven months. So how, how would you say it's been kind of working with Macaulay's administration concerning these issues compared to almost more on the ground with students and classmates? Here at the school. You have to learn to live in two worlds. Mm-hmm. And I, that has been what this year has shown me. I have to live in two worlds. So I hear the concerns of my um, fellow students, my fellow black students. Then I take it to administration. So I have to articulate it in a way that they can understand. Mm-hmm. Then I have to go back and report what's been happening. And I'm not going to lie. At times it's difficult dealing with any kind of school or any kind of organization trying to change policy after the place has been around for what are we now going on 117 years I believe dealing with an institution as old as that and trying to solve things it takes time Mm -hmm. so the hardest part is the waiting Um, I know a couple of our friends in the dorms hunt and the hardest part of hunting is just sitting there waiting Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. so now the hard part is waiting Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm First, how would you describe your experience of being a black student on this campus? And then what would you say to potential um, black men thinking about coming to Macaulay as their future? The one big positive I've noticed as a black student on campus, and this is, forgive me if, if I don't say it properly, but it's like a secret society. There are certain things we do at dinner, at lunch, like there's certain jokes unless you're involved in the circles oh, yeah, that yeah. you won't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's really one of the most positives is like you're in your own area. 
Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for people, to get, for people to get into there. But once you're in there, it's one of the best things in the entire world. You are enveloped. You're surrounded. You have people watching over you. I know at Macaulay, teachers look out for all the students. Mm-hmm. But it's different when you have a student that's looking out for you. So for, my, for, me, for me, my freshman year, it was Jay Hardy who was looking out for me. And having a senior who played football, who was a star athlete, look out for you. It's very different. You feel really cared about. I had Manny and Malik also in the dorm. It's mm-hmm. like you had people always looking out for you. The hardest part is managing expectations. Mm-hmm. We have racial issues that go on on campus, and you want to you wanna say it's all going to get fixed the exact way we want it to get fixed. Mm-hmm. But we know administration won't be able to do all that we want them to do mm-hmm, because yeah. there are more students than the 78 black students at Macaulay grades 6 through 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to manage the expectations and say, I understand. And then this the second part, like what would you say to a, a potential oh. black man that wants to come to Macaulay? Like what would be your answer kind of? To them, I would say with Macaulay and with all private institutions, as old, if not older than we are, know what you're getting yourself into. So that when something happens, you can be offended, but not surprised. That's good advice. That's great advice, yeah. So that was, that discussion was very helpful. And like, I know our listeners and our viewers, like, you know, sometimes you kind of get lost in like everything and Macaulay especially because everything, something's always happening here that you kind of get lost and you don't realize Mm -hmm. some of these issues and things get overlooked pretty easily. And, you know, it it sucks, but sometimes, like, it's a part of life, but, like, we also need to be reminded of, like, these issues and we need to solve them. But that was, that was really, I want to thank you personally, Uncle Cam, for having that discussion with us because I know that's, it's a little uncomfortable, you know, to have Mm -hmm. those types of conversations, but... It's what we need to have here, and that was. And word, words are powerful. The words so, are powerful. Yeah. Well, Uncle Cam, we would like to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and you know, just being honest with us. We really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Um, and also, thank you for everyone watching. If you're watching or if you're listening, if you're doing both, that'd be a little impressive. Uh, it's pretty cool. Thank you for doing that. And then, no, no this, this, I want, I want to make this announcement. I'm so tired of Jacob as my co-host is, that we is. are now looking for a new co-host <laughs> for when he leaves. So please, yep. someone who is funnier than Jacob, <laughs> come on and submit your applications. Uh, I kind of stopped reading there. Let me see where you submit your applications. Um, I don't have a place yet, but start thinking about it. Start. If you want prepping. to be the new co-host mm-hmm. of Tornado Talk, with yours truly, unless I get fired, which is highly probable. <laughs> um, the spot will be opening up next year, thankfully. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> well, yeah, on that sad note, um, you know, senior it's year. It's a happy note. Yeah, well, for Wes. Bittersweet. For Wes, bittersweet. Going sweet on a new, bitter, ch- new chapter for me. Not yet, though. You're not getting me re- rid of me yet. Well. Still have a lot of time. In other news, we have some super exciting segments coming up for Tornado Talk. And they're going to go on our Instagram, Tornado Talk Podcast. If you're not following, shame on you. Um, one is Roommate Wars, which our boy Bobby does over here. 
Shout out to Bobby for that. Shout out Bobby. The other Great one job, is Tornado Talk on Street. Oh. Mm. Um, so follow our Instagram. It's kind of like Billy on the Street. Is. Please do go follow our Instagram. A lot of new stuff is coming. We're expanding, Wes. We're not the most important. <laughs> Without you. We're not the most important people anymore. That's Gap. No, we still are. Yeah, we, we still are <laughs> number one. Still we still number, number one. one. Please go check it out. Go check out our YouTube also so you can see Uncle Cam's amazing outfits. You can see Wes and I. Not so amazing outfits. Not so amazing outfits. These look good, y'all. <laughs> Color coordinating is important. <laughs> no way. Thank you. Again, we want to thank Uncle Cam, Cameron Haynes, for coming on the podcast with us. You know, just telling us a little bit about your story. Um, thank you. Loved having you. Loved the laughs. Loved the serious conversations. Always. Great always. episode. So, yeah, go follow our, our Instagram. Go find us. Go share our podcast to family, friends, whoever you want. You know, mm-hmm. Wes and I are a good time. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. I think I got to get used to hearing myself. Do I always sound like so raspy? <laughs>